How we doing? We doing, we doing. We doing this thing. This is it? (laughs) Yeah, we're here. Oh, wow. And we're family. And get used to it. (sighs) Like Olive Garden? (laughs) Yes. I've been exactly. seeing so many Olive Garden commercials. I'm like, take me there. I'm ready to Should we go? Brunch. Yeah. Now. Can you guys okay. FaceTime me while you're there? Should we just... Do you have an Olive Garden close to you, Kylie? Uh, yeah, Julia went there the other day, so there must be. Oh, yeah, my God. Go We're going to see Kylie specifically for Olive Garden. <laughs> yep. That's the plan. Oh, my God. I love that. It's going to be tight, dude. We're going to have fun. Tight. And we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and it's time to get spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, that was a good one, guys. Yeah. So it's been established. Gorgeous. We're going to Massachusetts specifically for Olive Garden. Yep. Uh, a- anything also, else? Anything else somebody, people want to see? Somebody is moving to Salem. Yes. <gasps> Who? It may be me. Ooh. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, That's going to be super exciting, dude. We're going to get to stay in the heart of it all. I know. Yep. In the thick of it. I can't wait. Is it, do you think your apartment's haunted? Did you get any vibes? Um, I got a little bit of a weird vibe. It was built in the 1800s and it has a plaque. It's in a so historical, tight. it's a historical building. It has um, a plaque. That's it has that, a plaque. That means Damn. facts. That means facts are haunted inside. facts. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's history. Wow, man, we're excited. Yeah, this is yeah, this is great. Something else very exciting. We introduced our pearl candle company, Magnolia and Peony Scent, last week, and she sold out already. <gasps> Killed it. You guys are the best. Oh, love it. And hopefully, we will. We'll have updates on more candles soon, maybe. Dude, that candle's so great. It's, Everybody's going to love The people that. love it. I sent one to my mom, and she lost mm-hmm. her mind. Adore. Loved it. Loved yeah. it so much. Yep. So. All of our moms have it. Right. Not that it's a mom scent, but it, it's a floral scent. So if you don't like florals, don't get it. However, if you don't mind florals, it's so nice. I describe it as a secret garden. It smells like sophisticated, but floral. You know, I love it's that. not too much. It's it just very, makes the room smell like spring. It's very delicate and soft. Yeah, because normally yes. floral, I feel like, is like overwhelming. But this is very, mm-hmm. like, pretty but soft it's and be, subtle. It's very, it's a yeah. pretty very nice. candle. I have to say, I'm burning her right now. Oh, ooh. is that what this is? Mm-hmm. Okay, did he ever <laughs> give us the reason why? Pearl, let us know if there's any significance behind. Yeah, the scent of the Golden Ghouls candle. Yeah. Because I do have people asking, and I'm like, you know, Kylie might be on with the secret garden aspect of yeah. it all. But who mm. knows? Who knows? I love, I love that. Pearl Company does. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are our, our friends. All right. Uh, shall we Shall we get excited about this week's episode? <laughs> I yes, say ma'am. it's time. Oh, she's got her accent going oh. because we're talking about Georgia and Georgia. Its haunts. Georgia. Now, we focused specifically on Savannah in a past episode, but that doesn't mean it's over because right. it's still We're stepping off outside. In we're stepping outside the box that is Savannah. We're stepping out. I'm going to kick things off with a little yes. a little hotel called the Windsor Hotel in America's Georgia. 
Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so it was built in 1892, and it was the height of luxury for celebrities and politicians. They were trying to escape cold northern winters, get a little rest and relaxation, and a little sunshine. Which, can we blame them? Yeah. Yeah. So, Vice President Thomas R. Marshall actually gave a speech from the balcony in the year of 1917 there. And the soon-to-be New York Governor, Franklin D. Roosevelt, spoke in the dining room in 1928. Very cool. When they say the politicians love the spot, they meant it. Uh (laughs) Mm Uh-huh. But, legend has it that one day, in the early 1900s, there was this housekeeper there named Emily May. Oh. <gasps> Emily. Me. She was arguing with a lover in the hotel's third floor hallway. Oh, God. Yes. So this exchange between these two, it's growing heated. And her young daughter, Emma, stood by holding her mother's hand, which like, why are we fighting with Emma around? I know. But that's irresponsible. That's neither here nor there nor there there there. In a fit of rage, Kirk pushed her furiously into this nearby elevator, but little did he know that the elevator shaft was empty. Oh, no. Yes. Oops. So, so there they go, mother and daughter, hand in hand, falling three stories to their death. Woof. Mm-hmm. Since that fateful day, guests and employees report feeling the presence of a little girl. Mm-hmm. They also hear children's footsteps running down the hallway, sometimes giggling on the third floor specifically. That's just exactly like that. what they hear. I, I'm i just, again and again, I'll say it time and time again. Children, ghosts, please stay away. Need to relax. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't. I am sorry, too. But, like, laugh on your own, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Unless I know what's funny, I think it's at me. Yeah, exactly. You know? It feels like, do I have something on my face? Exactly. Like, like I'm just like, I just don't know what could be so funny in this room besides myself. Is my exactly. dress caught in my underwear? Is there toilet right. paper on my shoe? Right. All of the above. Just, just do it on your own time. That's all we're asking. That's what I'm saying. Because it's up for confusion. I don't like to be confused. No. Guests also have seen a reflection of a woman in a long black dress in the third floor mirror. Hmm. Do we think that's Emily May? Yeah. A morning gown, even though she fell to her death, too. Hmm. Lots of shit moves here, though. People have seen pots and pans flying off tables and counters. Lights and radios mysteriously turn on and off. Um, The owner of the hotel... I think lives on the property and they said their wedding ring was on the bedside table one night and it just moved across the table with no explanation. Oh God. Very spooky. Yeah. There's also one more, um, spooky guest (gasps) and he is a doorman. Hmm. Mm hmm. So his name was Floyd and people have seen him wandering the building and actually he will welcome guests on occasion some have even reported that he helped them with their luggage only to vanish okay well that's nice but we like the support you know no tip i got okay (laughs) okay a lot of nice place (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know the vanishing doorman 
Guests have also shared compliments with the host, hotel staff regarding the friendly doorman, but the problem is there's not a doorman there anymore. Hmm. So it's got to be Floyd. Oh. Right? It's yeah. Floyd. It's Floyd. It's for sure Floyd. But the hotel totally embraces the spooky history and they have ghost tours and they love to talk about their resident ghosts. So if you're in America, by all means, stop by the Windsor Hotel, take a little tour, get a little spooky. I love that. I love that. <sighs> they have fun there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang is right. <laughs> Dang is accurate. Well, do you, so I was with a friend today. Yes. And she has a house in Georgia. Yes. And so she told me some spooky stories, but they don't stray from Savannah, you guys. So Weird. I'm going to have to bring us back there for a second. That's fine. All right. Because we'll like them. We like know? anything. And we haven't talked about these yet. Okay. So the first up is Wright Square, y'all, in downtown Savannah. And it's haunted by... A very, very sad woman. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about it. So the the square goes all the way back into seven, to 1733. Like that's when it first started, you know, growing. Mm-hmm. And this guy named William Wise ended up coming around the same time. Hmm. And uh, he, uh, he like... Uh, grew his business and became like a well-known dude in town. He was a part of the Georgia trustees and he like, he was on these, all these charity lists. Like he was a well-known dude, Mm -hmm. you know, but he was also well-known for being a little shady character. Mm -hmm. Like he walked around with this girl who he said was his daughter, but we found out later it was a prostitute. (gasps) Yeah. So weird things with this guy, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, Anyways, he ended up dead, y'all, in his own home off of the, the it was like across the river from Savannah called Hutchinson Island. That's where his home was. And he had died and two people were missing from the home after his death. And it was two Irish servants. This is suspicious. Suspicious stuff, right? But listen, his body was found over a pail of water. With his handkerchief wrapped around his neck. So a lot of things were like, okay, like, obviously we think these kids did it, right? Because the story goes is William Wise got very sick in these couple days before his death. Mm -hmm. And he had these Irish servants that came over to help him at his home. And these two servants, let me tell you their names. Hold on. Alice Riley and Richard White. They were what they were known lovers, yeah, lover servants. Dang, what? Yeah, <laughs> so. I feel like there's always a pair of lover servants. Right. This is like what do they call this on the TV shows, like murderous affairs or something like yes. that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were serving this guy, this shady character named Wise, and he was real sick, and he was having. He was having Richard White come into his bedroom because he couldn't, like, I don't know why, but he couldn't, he was so sick he couldn't move around. He couldn't, he couldn't bathe himself. Yeah. So he had Richard bathe his hair and, like, comb out his, he, like, had this long hair. He was really into that. He took pride. I love that. his locks. Same. You know? And he would have Richard comb his hair and he would have Alice bathe his body. (laughs) And God knows what else. You know? (laughs) 
Dang. So the two <laughs> lovers would have to go in here with this shady man and just fully cleanse him. Well, you know? Like, I don't know how pissed they got. You know? They were sick of it. <laughs> sick of it. If he couldn't move, they were probably sick of the literal shit. True. Yeah, probably. True. You know? you know? It's like, bro, I think you can get up. I think you could comb your hair. Maybe. I don't think he could. You don't think so? I don't know. Sometimes you do get to that point. Maybe. But like, Oh, maybe. But he was a trickster. But maybe the Richard and Alice were like, I didn't sign up for this job. Yeah. You know? So they'd had enough. They snapped. I don't know. We don't know. All we know is he was found over this pail with the handkerchiefs around him and they were known to bathe him. So the people <laughs> assumed <laughs> what happened was Richard White was like the real suspects like uh-huh. we don't think Alice really did anything we think Richard got Alice to kill him for whatever reason you know mm-hmm. and he was bathing he was combing his hair and then he just grabbed his handkerchief suffocated him and Alice dunked his head in the water wow and then he was done for you know deceased and then they ran off obviously as you must at rank when you commit a crime mm-hmm. so <laughs> so eventually Richard White was found and he was immediately hanged like he they were like oh shit yeah they were like no done you know no trial or anything Alice was found no they were like you did it and he confessed to it and he was like Alice didn't do anything okay like it was me but they didn't like give like solid reasons not like they took anything or whatever but Alice had a baby oh So they let Alice have the baby, and then they put her to death on Ripe Square. What? Mm-hmm. And the baby ended up dying, like, a couple months afterwards. Aww. That's so sad. So now, you guys, Ripe Square is just haunted by Alice Riley. Looking for that baby. Walking around looking for that baby. She mostly comes to mothers, and she's like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but your baby's gone with you. Yeah. Somebody needs to tell her. You know? Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to post on misconnections. Yeah. On her behalf. For real. So that the baby will see it when she goes on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm sorry, Craigslist. <laughs> totally do. That's something that needs to maybe we should get on after this. Yeah. I'm typing it up but right now. That's the ghost of Ripe Square, y'all. Wow. Mm-hmm. We love Always it. looking for that baby. <laughs> looking, for that, looking for those kids, y'all. Here's the thing. If my <laughs> baby went missing, I would let them stay missing. You would? Well, I don't know anything about having babies, <laughs> and I don't really want one, so... I'll tell you what. <sighs> if my baby tell went missing, like. I would end up in... An insane asylum. Which brings us to our next location. (laughs) Kylie loves a segue. (laughs) But it has to be like as cheesy as possible. (laughs) It's brilliant. I support it. So we're going over to Milledgeville, Georgia, uh, which was actually the first capital of the state of Georgia. Fun fact. So before Savannah. And we're talking about the Central State Hospital. It's had a few of their names. Um, It is pretty old. It's it's old AF, almost as old as me. 
So in 1837, I'm going to hit you guys with a a lot of history on that because you know I like doing that, but then we'll get to the spooks. Okay. Does that sound good? Okay. So the year is 1837. Georgia lawmakers authorized the Lunatic, Idiot, and Epileptic Asylum, which becomes a central state hospital, uh, which opened five years later in 1842 uh, as Georgia's first public psychiatric hospital. Um, before the Civil War, the state of Georgia basically found itself with a surplus of abandoned citizens, what they said were unwanted citizens. There's just It was overly populated. And so many were sent to the hospital, likely for, you know, incorrect reasons. So I guess that's one way to handle overpopulation. So it wasn't just for people battling mental illnesses. People were sent for having unusual personalities. So we would be sent there, obviously. I was about to say we would, we would probably all be all there. Be there. <laughs> uh, people, especially young people who, you know, rebelled against society and authority or spoke out. Um, also, people who got caught, like, smoking marijuana or even interracial <gasps> dating, people were sent there for, which is... That's Bullshit. the most insane thing about this, not the hospital mm-hmm. itself. So the I'm hospital grew into, yeah, grew into the largest insane hospital in the world by the 1940s. So there were over 200 buildings. Jeez. On, yeah, on over 2,000 acres with up to 13,000 patients. Holy crap. Yeah. it's a lot. I can't even, I can't even imagine. Uh, so likely due to its size, as well as its name, Lunatic Idiot and Epileptic Asylum, uh, the hospital took on a reputation and was nicknamed Milledgeville because of its location. Uh, it was known to be one of the most horrific hospitals due to its experimental procedures and treatments and its unimaginable 1 to 100 doctor to patient ratio by the time the 1950s rolled around. So people were not being taken care of at all. Nope. One to 100, doctor to patient ratio, uh-uh. Not good. <laughs> Mm-mm. Makes no sense. No. Dr. Peter Cranford was the chief clinical psychologist of the hospital in 1952, uh, and he ended up writing a book titled, But for the Grace of God, the Inside Story of the World's Largest Insane Hospital. And it basically detailed everything that went on from the lobotomies, uh, early electroshock therapy that was done without any anesthesia or or pain medication, insulin shock, which I didn't look this up, but I'm guessing they give people so much insulin that they go into shock, which is horrifying, Um, along with far less sophisticated techniques, such as putting children in metal cages uh, adults were forced to take steam baths, cold showers, and of course, what we know of as the straitjacket. So, just this is like if you thought you knew of an insane asylum that all of the spooky stories were based off of, it's actually this one. <laughs> it's this hospital. So, journalist Jessica Ferry uh, mentions in her article on the hospital that. A 1959 investigation published by the Atlantic Constitution concluded that just 48 doctors uh, cared for the thousands of patients, and not one was a licensed psychiatrist. 
What? Are you ready oh, for this okay. next fact? In well, fact, so far. Yeah. <laughs> some staff members had originally been patients that were hired right out of the institution. What? No. Let, that's let's hope what? that those were the ones that were actually sane. <laughs> Jesus. Uh-oh. Yeah. So we're starting to realize why this place is haunted. <laughs> so... A uh, Georgia novelist and playwriter, Terry Kay, says that back in the 40s and 50s, parents would often threaten naughty children with being sent off to Milledgeville. It was one of the few words with great power, he says, Milledgeville. So so kids would be like, you better behave. Or parents would say, you better behave or I'll send you off to Milledgeville. That's a threat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A little more history. Is that okay with everyone? We're going to hit you with some more history. Because we got it. It's interesting. So by the mid-1960s, a new psychiatric drug, clozapine, clozapine, allowed patients to move to less restrictive settings, getting out of the hospital. Um, Some background info here. First-generation antipsychotics, known as typical antipsychotics, were discovered in the 1950s. Most second-generation drugs, known as atypical antipsychotics, had been developed, um, though clozapine was discovered in the 1960s and then introduced clinically in the 1970s. However, I think it was they were experimenting on the patients with this drug in the 60s. But what this meant was that many patients were either able to go home as long as they were prescribed one of these antipsychotics. Others were transferred to newer hospitals and more suitable community clinics, uh, mainly due to oncoming deinstitutionalization movement. Uh, According to hauntedtravelusa.com, Georgia Governors Carl Sanders and Jimmy Carter uh, basically began emptying the hospital sending mental patients to regional hospitals and community clinics, uh, people who had developmental disabilities to small group homes. Um, so the, the hospital buildings were basically vacated and four were converted into prisons. Can you guys hear Dante in the background? I did. I did. <laughs> Sweet angel Hold baby. on one moment. <laughs> He's screaming at us. He's Dante like... said, that's enough, mother. <laughs> He was meowing by his kitty litter box, so oh. the door was closed. I had to open that for him. Uh, Sorry, folks. Good, good. He's like, I gotta go. He said, Mom, fucking open this bathroom like, door. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even going in there now. He's like, can you stop talking, please? <laughs> so the hospitals, they were, you know, a little bit more under control with thousands less in the hospital however abuse and mistreatment didn't end then and there it was actually open until 2010 what Uh, on god's green earth i know there there was a federal investigation in may (laughs) (laughs) the what she said with the same doctors oh (laughs) yeah probably you never know probably (laughs) you're not wrong Um, There was a federal investigation as recent as May 2008 with the U.S. Justice Department citing Georgia's unabated failure to address dangerous conditions in state mental hospitals that have caused preventable deaths, injuries, and illnesses. Um, One thing that I read was that a patient killed another patient 
they were both in the same room. They shouldn't have been, and one was strangled and killed. No. And that was mm. in 2008. Okay. No. Yeah. So you guys ready to get spooky? Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to paint yeah. that picture for y'all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like giving some anticipation. <laughs> oh, I'm anticipating. Nice. So, of course, there's a cemetery on the property, the Cedar Lane Cemetery, which has approximately 2,000 cast iron markers commemorating the 25,000 patients buried on the hospital grounds. But let's think about numbers for a second. Only 2,000 markers for 25,000 patients? Something ain't right. Mm, Something ain't right. Doesn't add up. So the markers, which had numbers instead of names, uh, once identified individual graves, but they were pulled up and tossed into the woods by... Prison inmates working as groundskeepers to make mowing easier. So, that's some baloney. So, not only were the markers for like multiple people, but a lot of them were you don't really know where the bodies are right now. I, I'm sure they, they were like, oh, well, they're probably here when they put markers back, but no one really knows. That's a good way to piss off some spirits. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, especially, like, I don't know if this, I'm guessing that they were buried all within the same, like, plot, within the same, like, grave hole. <laughs> like, yeah, probably. you know, five to ten bodies. Right. Or honestly, it could be more. I don't know. But all I do know is that it certainly wasn't. Uh, respectful (laughs) in any Mm -hmm. means. So the hospital today, as I mentioned, it was closed in 2010. It's closed to the public. Uh, However, there have been some rumors on the interwebs of some guided tours, but as far as I found out, it's it's closed and people are, you can't get arrested for trespassing. Uh, The hospital and its grounds are not maintained and it's very obviously decaying. So if you look at photos that people have taken either by one of those supposed guided tours or they've snuck on site. Uh, The photos show like very obvious decay and it's kind of just dilapidated. Um, There are security guards as I guess it's pretty dangerous, lots of asbestos as well, but I've heard some weird, I've read some weird things about the security guards too and I'll get to that. So those who have visited the hospital Um, have experienced strange and paranormal activity. One visitor recalls experiencing nausea in specific spots around the properties, which didn't subside until they left. And then this visitor was with a friend, and this friend also experienced these waves of nausea. uh, And they even went back to some of these spots to see if they felt it again, and they did. And the the feeling of nausea didn't leave until they left. Uh, the mm. property, which is Uh-oh. interesting. We've heard that before. Nausea, you know, headaches, whatnot. Oh. Uh, a photographer who trespassed for the sake of art uh, was taking photos. I think he got there in like mid-afternoon. And then as soon as the sun set, he started hearing noises. And you could assume, oh, maybe it's like nocturnal animals coming out or animals. But he said that they were not like sounds that you would be able to pinpoint and it was like very spooky. 
uh, several reports of voices, strange sightings and occurrences, um, especially on the empty grounds where the deceased patients are buried. So if you're going to go visit this place, go at night and go over to the plots with the with the graves. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So, right? That's the place yeah, to go. Yeah, spoke, dude. Yeah. I guess across the street is a golf course. <laughs> and okay. there have been rumors or claims by golfers uh, who say that they constantly hear screams coming from some of the abandoned buildings. Uh, the claims can range from a simple like visual image from a bystander to like eerie feelings and sounds, but they all come from uh, the hospital itself, at least in one of the buildings. It's not like some teens down the road or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like golfers, they're not really... When I think of golfers, I don't think of golfers who also are very interested in the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think about that. <laughs> you know, I, I usually... I don't know. I usually think of golfers as being like, bros. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, no what I'm saying guys. is I don't think they're making this up. <laughs> yes. Uh, I read one, one account of a visit and it spooked me. And I'm honestly unsure if it's even true. Uh, but this visitor, a trespasser, uh, went by this past summer and he recalled a dark, human-like being with glowing eyes staring at him when he was inside nope. of the building near the elevator. Mm-hmm. Hard pass. Yep. Sounds cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another uh, individual says that this is her hometown and we have to trust her. It's haunted. Her dad is also from the same hometown, and he used to roam the halls, and that he has seen multiple things there. Uh, I'm not sure how old her dad is, if he was roaming certain buildings that were closed. Yeah, when were roaming the halls? Yeah. I mean, it closed in 2010, but many of the buildings on the property closed before that and were Mm -hmm. vacated. So I'm guessing that he he was roaming those halls. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another person says, and I'll read the quote, "Um, the guards circle in vehicles to ensure that no one enters the grounds or the buildings. The guards' stories are as creepy as the buildings. One guard told us that on night shifts, he has seen full-figured ghosts of men, women, and children all over the grounds. He also told us horrific things that occurred within the walls of the main hospital. He grew up there and knows the history well. So I feel like if... A ghost hunter or someone interested in the paranormal who wants to basically trespass goes there and the guard sees them. The guard's not going to be like, oh, let me tell you this enticing story to make you go inside. You know, so I feel like he's like, you know what? I'll give you the facts. Here's what I know. But don't go in there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, you know. Um, So that's 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 the spookiness that I've heard. I think if we're ever in. In Georgia, we should we should do a little drive by. We should try to sneak in. I'm curious if any any listeners have been there or have heard of it. Let us know. Let us know We'd at the Golden Ghouls Podcast at Gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. I got another one for us. Do it. Yes. This, this is the Jekyll Island Club Resort on you guessed it Jekyll Island. 
tight. Yes. Which is a spooky name in itself. Mm. Jekyll. Mm-hmm. You think of Jekyll and Hyde. Exactly. Anyway. So this bad boy was founded in 1886 and was once the private winter retreat of America's wealthiest families. Members included J.P. Morgan, the Rockefeller family, Pulitzers, and Vanderbilts. Ooh, so this was like high names. class money, money, honey, money, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it started falling on hard times once the Great Depression hit, which you know happened to many we, places, as we all did. And attempts to open it up to a broader membership. Uh, it proved to be futile. It did not. It did not work. So World War II actually dealt the final blow to the club, and it closed in 1942. But it was finally purchased by the state in 1947. We love when the state saves something of historical <laughs> value. Totally. And they started operating as a private hotel in the 80s. So it still serves as a hotel today, and it's a popular destination for tourists and locals alike. Mm-hmm. Okay. People people who live close by will go for a little weekend jaunt. Mm-hmm. Um, the clubhouse itself, as well as several other historic mansions and cottages, have been converted into what are the rooms today. So updates have been made, but that doesn't mean... The part of the past isn't still there. Right. Not to worry, though. The resident spirits are said to be quite friendly. Oh, good. All right. So one of the more frequent guests from the other side is Mr. Samuel Spencer. He Mm. was a railroad magnet, and he was killed in a train collision in 1906. Oof. Oof. Railroads are your work, and then you get killed by a train? Right. No. Like, was he fixing a... Work kills, folks. Like a spoke or some shit? I don't know. I don't know. Work kills. Rip, Mr. (laughs) Spencer. But (laughs) work does kill. But he He often... (laughs) Work kills. (laughs) Uh, He often drops into suites in the annex to enjoy his morning coffee in the Wall Street Journal. Guests in apartment 8 often report... Their coffee cups and daily newspapers getting mysteriously moved about the room. Rude. Wow. So he's, he's got. Reading. He's got. He wants to keep up with current events. Exactly. You know? I wonder what him. he thinks of of the world. He's probably glad he's dead. Yeah. Oh my. There's also a 1920s era <laughs> bellman who oh. is known for checking up on grooms preparing for their weddings. Cute. He's okay. sweet. Like at what what point are we checking up on me? You know? I don't know. Just hey, you the checking Emily? in to say hey. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's like, is. hey, you all right? You need a benzo? You need a zanny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Wow. Um. They <laughs> also <laughs> guess also report. <laughs> yes, he's got it all in his bag of tricks. Uh, people have also reported having their clothes returned from the dry cleaners to them by a bellman. When in reality, they were actually left hanging outside of the room. So there's some ghost what? who's taking the clothes from outside the room and walking in and is like, <laughs> here you go, ma'am or sir. Like picking out their outfit for the day? No, they're bringing in the laundry, but like the hotel will leave it outside of their room. Whereas this, oh, somebody brings this it bellman, in. this spooky bellman, oh. he will bring them inside of the room. Okay. 
One of the club's most famous guests, though, is said to be Mr. J.P. Morgan himself. Oh, no way. Yep. (laughs) So he likes to go back into his old condo, apparently. It's in what is called the San Suchi building. And guests often get a, they'll get a whiff of his cigar smoke. Mm, Yeah. So honestly, okay, not to hate on anyone who, who likes cigars, but I just, I can't. I think they smell horrible. I don't, I don't really understand them. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) You know? There was this guy, (laughs) I, I was out yesterday afternoon and there's this guy smoking a cigar at like 2 p.m. and I was just kind of like okay. And you're like hello? Cool. Hello? But I don't know. And he was just sitting there like looking off into the distance like he was real important with his cigar. I was like okay we get it. Melissa he sounds like a ghost. No he was wearing like board shorts. Oh god. An unfashionable ghost. Well, it could have been a 2005 ghost. True. It could be. True. Yeah. yeah. Board shorts. He was a troll. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. Well. What if he's our number one listener? Yeah. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Sorry. Just change your outfit, man. But so let's wrap it up with the good old bed and breakfast. <gasps> I love yes. B&B. Yes. Yep. I love this B&B. one's called the Keo House. Okay. Oh. Yeah, and it's haunted by the children of William Keogh, really. <gasps> uh, quite All honestly. Right. Yeah. More kids. But let's talk about why, because there's a spooky, creepy legend okay. y'all need to hear. I'm ready. First off, at the age of 10, this William guy came to Georgia in 1842. Okay. He immigrated from Ireland and just became like super successful in the ironworks. You know what that's about? Yeah. Oh. I don't. But he eventually bought a foundry. <laughs> he bought a foundry and ended up, like, moving and, loca- and like, going to Broughton Street. Mm. I don't know. I guess this is somewhere in Savannah. A hot spot. Yeah. And he got lots of customers, became, like, a well-known dude around town, ended up falling in love with this young woman named Anne Flood. And, right, the two were married and started to have a family. And Kia was like, yo, I got to build a great place for me and my 10 children. Damn. Right. In 1892, he built the famous house in the historic district of Savannah. But, like, here's where the sad part happens. They Mm. lost a couple kids while living there, right? And Uh one of the stories is just too much to handle. Oh. Listen, so. (laughs) It's too much to handle, so I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) (laughs) So one day, Miss Anne came home and was, like, looking for two of her kids and, Mm -hmm. like, couldn't find them. They just went missing, yo. Well, and she and she was like, send out the police, call the <laughs> army. Like, I don't know where my damn. kids are. Right. Freaking out. You know what? And then the house started to smell Uh-oh. after a couple days. And oh, she God. was like, wait, like, what is this? Let's follow the scent, right? Took well, her straight we know. to the chimney. 
oh, the boys God. were stuck in the chimney, dead. That happened recently. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my! God. I think it was in Ohio, and I think he was like fourteen or fifteen years old, and they and he find was him missing, and they found him in the chimney. In a chimney. Yeah. So sad. They say like the um, what's it called? Like the dust. What's that? Um, like the soot. The soot was stuck in their lungs. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Awful. So they died. Uh, and they haunt the house now. Well, how could you not? Exactly. <laughs> so they ended up selling the place in 1930. It had like a couple of owners, you know, here and there. But like the place was haunted. So they were like, I'm each getting getting rid of it as quick as we can. Yeah. So here's what's going on in this house. They say that there's. That William is still there. He likes to ring the doorbell a lot. He'll Same. occasionally <laughs> unlock <laughs> and open the front door. And Anne, Annie is up in here walking around kissing people on the cheek, which is like uncalled Slow for. Slow down. Uncalled for. <laughs> it's called consensus, and no one asked for that. <laughs> You're right. We weren't even introduced, you know. <laughs> But the mo- the 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 ones that act up the most are the kids. Mm-hmm. They love to steal toys from guests. Rude. Their kids and they have toys. Their voices can be heard laughing and giggling. They'll flicker lights on and off as like a little joke. And their footsteps can be heard running throughout the place through the night. They be having too much fun. Too much fun yeah. too. This is a B and B. Relax. I came here to relax. <laughs> I know. And you be out here acting a fool. You be out here acting up. Mm-mm. And so everybody should go because it's a DNB. <laughs> and so everyone should go. The exactly. moral of the story is you gotta go. You know, it's beautiful. There's ghosts. I love that. And you're gonna have a good time. I love it. Wow, Georgia, you never disappoint. You got a lot of children ghosts. For real. And spooky shit happening. We love but it. But we still love we you. We love yeah. it. We especially love you because of it. Mm -hmm. That was fun, guys. I had a good time. I love it. If anyone is from Georgia and knows of a spooky spot, be sure to let us know. For real. Share your stories. That's all we want. Was your house haunted? Your best friend's house was haunted? You saw the ghost lady in Wright Square? Are you haunted? Let us know. (laughs) She looks so creepy. And until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.